I'm Trenton Tuttle at Wales Heritage, and you're listening to the 615 Preps Podcast. Very pleasant hello to you wherever you may be. This is the 615 Preps Podcast for, get this, the playoffs. Nice. Playoffs? Yeah, we're talking playoffs here. <laughs> With apologies to Jim Mora. I'm Chris Brooks alongside Scott Burton and Christian Capozzi. Fellas, you know what to do. What's up, guys? How you doing? Man, we're ready for it, aren't we? We've got the brackets mostly done. We'll explain that in a second. But uh, the teams know their path to Cookville. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh... – some a lot earlier than others, some down to the final seconds and waited till Friday night to determine, and uh, some at home that didn't think they would be at home. Yeah. Right, and there are some surprises and yep. some pretty much chalk. Uh, it was uh, it, it was an eventful Friday night. Yeah, and we're going to dive headfirst into the brackets and try not to hurt ourselves a little bit later on in the show, <laughs> but first we do have to kind of get over some games from Week 11 and the close of the regular season out. Uh and name our player of the week as well. And we'll also pick 10 of the playoff games for who you got later in the show. But uh, let's rewind back to last Friday. And a region that finally settled itself out at the last minute was Region 5 in Class 4A. White House Heritage at Montgomery Central for that what wound up being the number three spot in the playoffs. Uh, the winner was in and the loser was out, Scott. Uh, that one was a wild one. It, it really was. Uh, you know, both teams were... Uh, able to move the ball, uh, but it took them a little bit to to get started. Um, you know, White House, you know, they got a big game out of Trenton Tuttle. Uh, nothing was bigger than a strip and score uh, with six minutes left. But it was their ability. It was really Heritage's ability to have a balanced attack. Uh, you know, they were able to throw the ball with Tuttle and Wilson, and then, you know, Deaton was just, you know, he, he, he was big, big down the stretch. But before that, uh, it really, you know, the defense, we kept talking about that Indians defense, how good Montgomery Central was on defense. And it really looked like in the second half there that they were going to take over the game. But let me go back, you know, uh, it starts out, uh, the Patriots get the ball, you know, they – are moving it. They get the pass to, to Tuttle, score. You know, the uh, Indians get stopped again. Uh, and then there's a 70-yard pass to Tuttle. It was a gorgeous pass. He broke down the seam, got behind the safety, ball hit him in stride, and he was gone. After that, Montgomery Central kind of takes over. They just start feeding Sanders, feeding him, feeding him, feeding him. Yep. This guy is a beast. And it was a lot like the Stratford game where they were feeding James Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kept feeding, feeding. He gets in the end zone. They kick a field goal later on. It's seven. It's fourteen to. I'm sorry, they missed the extra point. It's thirteen to ten uh, at at the half. Second half, Montgomery Central really starts asserting that defense, and the Patriots can't move the ball, but the Patriots are bending, don't break, and. They get another field goal tied up, uh, Montgomery Central, and they are driving the ball. They they got a big stop and a turnover by Wilson late in the fourth quarter, and all the momentum rolls over to the Indian side. But then they start and they start moving the ball. But then 
there's a pile up, and before the ball, Tuttle uh, grabs hold of the ball. At, you know what? I can say it, but we did an interview with Trent Tuttle. We'll let him talk about it. Are you excited? You know, hey, you guys are in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, what did you do? What was your mindset coming into this game the t- from the team aspect? Uh, win or go home, and we were going home. <laughs> uh, you, know, you you started, you made two big catches. You actually made two or three big catches. Mm-hmm. But one had a penalty. One had a penalty. But, uh, you know, what was going, you know, you knew, did you know you guys could throw on this team? Oh, yeah, definitely. We knew, like, with our game plan and through our coaching scheme, that we knew that we could be able to set up, like, a good run, make play-action throws, and we knew it was going to be there. Okay, just just walk me through the, the strip and the the strip and score that you had that uh, that uh, really put you guys up, you know, for good. Mm-hmm. I see about four guys tackling the ball, the ball carrier. I see the ball looking pretty. I stripped it, and like when I went to go pick it up, everything went blurry. And I was like, oh, this is it. <laughs> I pick it up and I score, and it felt good. Great. Well, I'm gonna let you go in just a second, but uh, hey, congratulations on season. I appreciate it. Hey, a big game tonight. It was a do-or-die game for you guys. Uh, this is a bonded defense that you guys played. What was your uh, what was your thoughts going into this game? What you had to do to be successful? We had to take – there were some – we felt like we had some advantages on the edges, and we had to soften up those edges and take them and maybe try to, you know, just get some, some counter jabs. We had thinking boxing talk. Um, but it, it, it was, it was going to be, we knew it was going to be tough sledding, and we were going to have to take advantage of those little matchups that we had because, I mean, um, they get, they're up front. I mean, they're as good as anybody we played, and, and they, you're right, they have a really good defense. And um, our job, our plan was to, like I said, chip away and then try to hit big plays when we could, hoping that maybe we get we get them looking and, and, and we hit them where they're not looking. So was uh, coming out with the passing attack that you had, you were successful earlier that put you out in front. Was that part of the plan that you were going, or did you see something that? No, that was part of the plan. And a bunch of that stuff's been in for the past couple of weeks, kind of getting ready for this game. And um, yeah, that, that was part of the plan. It wasn't something we saw tonight. It was something we we planned to come out with early and. Um, but just because you plan that stuff, credit to our kids for executing well. Uh, they have a really good back in Sanders. Yes. Uh, you got they, they started to make a comeback. You really started to move the ball. What did you tell your guys at halftime to, to get them ready for you know, the, you know that close of a game? Really, that conversation started on Monday. We told them, hey, this kid is as big and a bigger back you're going to see all year. Um, and they're going to hand it to him as many times as they're capable of handing it to him. Um, and there's a lot of things. They've got a lot of meat and stuff we can't simulate in practice. All we can tell them, you know, is this is where we want you to be, and you're going to have to figure things out and keep playing and keep running to the football. And it, 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 just be ready for it. it's not. None of it's going to be pretty. None of it's probably going to be textbook. And you may get taken for a ride from time to time, but you just got to keep coming. And that was our message all week. That was our message to begin the game. And at halftime, we said we just got to keep going. Keep going, keep getting around the football, and things gonna happen. And your defense really stepped up in that second half and shut them down pretty much. They got the, the one score. But uh, what did you did your defense do anything different, or did you just what did you do with? There them? were there were some small, real small tweaks that we made, and uh, that got us in better position because they were out flanking us a little bit in a couple sets, and um, we made some small adjustments. But I, a lot of it was. 
like I said, we just got to keep playing. We're getting hats to the ball, and we just once we get them there, we got to start. We got to start making plays. And those guys, as the game wore on, started making those plays, and that's yeah. what we needed. Yeah, you were able to hold them to field goals in you know when they got inside that red zone. I think right. that's where I was going with that. Um, so now. You've taken your team, uh, you're 1-9 last year. Your kids got to be excited about making this next step and making the playoffs. Well, if they're, if they're not excited, they don't they don't have a pulse. But um, I'll tell you this, I, I'm as excited for them, I hope, as they are as excited. Cause they have, they have, you know, our seniors have weathered a, a mighty storm over the past four years. And uh, they what they've done to come to work every daggum day and, and work hard and not complain and, and trust um, our coaches and trust each other, I mean, that's a testament to, to the kids we got. It has nothing to do with me or our coach staff. It has everything to do with those kids coming out and, and, and continue to lay it on line and play hard. And, and you get to play another week now. That's right. That's uh, right. Getting, you know, get, the, get some extra football in there. Uh, you know anything about Lexington? or They're red and they're the Tigers. <laughs> I guess that's all that matters right now. That's right. We'll get to work on them tonight or tomorrow morning for sure. Well, well Coach, hey, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Good luck on the rest of the season. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, just what a tough way to have your season end for Montgomery Central. You go from leading the region, having the inside track to the number one seed, and then two weeks later, you're out of the playoffs. Yeah, the entire uh, city of White House really hurt them these final two weeks. They really did. At White House, uh, a 10-point loss, and then a a seven-point loss against White House Heritage. And you're right, you know, they were were seven and one going into White House and had region title on their mind. Right. And then all of a sudden, they're at home. And you mentioned the seven and one. Their lone loss was to Portland before that. It was a game where Kenry Sanders did not play because he was suspended following – the altercations with Creekwood. So, you know, or West 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 Creek. Creek. He was suspended following the altercations with West Creek and missed the Portland game. And and he mentioned in the Leaf Chronicle that uh, he felt like had he played that game against Portland, they would have won. And that would have been the difference between them sitting at home and, you know, being in the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's amazing that this was a 7-3 and team that is done. Yeah. yeah, there seems to be one of those every year, and we've talked about it during the season. The way this playoff system is set up, it it, it kind of unfairly punishes those teams that lose the wrong three games, and it rewards those that win the right one. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's that's yeah, that's, that's why the, they play though. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is. It, it is, is what it is right now. Until <laughs> until we find a better system that geographically allows for. You know, limited travel. This is what we're what we're stuck with. Yep. Unfortunately, I mean, we we have some ideas of how we want to fix it. We've talked about it during the year, and we'll continue to talk about it at length later on. But at this point, you no, know, we got other games to talk about. Well, you know, how nice the world would be if everybody would just think like me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or think like Springfield. What un- unmitigated disaster. Or, <laughs> or think like Springfield, who just won that region with a 14-7 win over Creekwood and a big one on the road to get it done, too. Well, yeah, we expected a lot of points in this game when we first talked about it. Mm-hmm. Who knew that we were going to see this defensive struggle? You know, you know defense, uh, defense was the rule of the day. It was only 7 nothing at the half. They forced three Red Hawk turnovers. They're just – it, it's amazing to me that 
you know, as much offense as these teams have, that that was the end result. And you know, at Springfield, from I I keep going back to this from the first week one we had, and we're going, wow, this might not be the same Springfield. They quickly turned around, and they they are the Springfield that everybody thought they were going into the year. Yep. They uh they left really no doubt. A couple losses, but you know they they found a way to to navigate it, and most importantly. Uh, they won the last three games, all region games. So they got the job done when they had to. And you know what? you, you got to give props to them. You, you lose one against Montgomery Central, and that kind of gives the Indians a little motivation. I mean, and you, the Yellow Jackets just finished strong. And that's why they've kind of dominated this region the last couple of years. Well, just like uh, kind of the antithesis of what we just talked about, winning the right games at the right time. Yep. And, and now Springfield – you know, controls, you know, their fate, you know, from here on out. And that was the muddiest region all year long because every team had a loss that they didn't believe they were going to get. And everyone had a regrettable loss that they had to recover from. Springfield just happened to have those at the right time. They had enough time to recover from it. So the Yellow Jackets are the one seed from that region. And we'll talk about that region in that part of the bracket a little later on in the show. Uh, One result that I think surprised a lot of people – Outside of the home team's locker room, Hendersonville over Mount Juliet, forty-one to fourteen. This one was forty-one nothing before Mount Juliet had a couple of scores late. I'll admit this surprised me. Totally twice. shocked. Totally shocked. <laughs> one, it surprised me the final score, just the lopsidedness nature yeah. of the score. The second was the result. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this this one really really shocked me. You know what? And it's. It's kind of been this way for the Golden Bears this year. Started out from night one against Stewart's yeah. Creek, and, and we see the Stewart's Creek team that they are kind of makes sense now. Yep. But then, then you take on a Gallatin team. It's funny that we're saying this now because they, they were all against good opponents right. that they lost to. Right, exactly. They get shut out against Gallatin. And this one here, it's just a really weird game. Uh, Mountain Juliet had a couple turnovers, a, a blocked punt, and Hendersonville took no time and turned those turnovers and mistakes from the Golden Bears into points. Yeah. It's like they they learn from their past games is and and that they took advantage of those opportunities, created them, saw what had what it cost them before. Yep. Yeah, I nearly mentioned that right off the bat because I mean, special teams had cost them a game or two early in the season, and now here they are getting a region title because of their special teams efforts. So you know, that's a good turnaround for the Commandos. And you know that's got to you know that's go that goes into coaching. Coach they've been coached up, they had some issues and and they've been coached up on it and now they're those teams are are playing well. There were several times at this point I just I was kind of like, you know what, it's not Hendersonville's year. Like they, yeah. they yeah. there was the the Lebanon game yeah. and then you had Beach down mm-hmm. to the wire. Oh, right. And Scott was right there to see it all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just ready to be like, you know what, guys? It's not their year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, just congratulations to them to, to keep with it. Because there's, there's some of those results that they could have been like, eh, you know. Thinking the same way, it's like, ah, oh, it's not our year. Yeah. The commando stuck yeah. with it, and they're region champions. And I don't know if this – I don't know, just from, you know, the information that I, I gathered from the various different – uh, media outlets. I don't know if Mount Juliet ever really stopped to drive until the third quarter. No. It was like Hendersonville. Now, granted, they had a short field a lot because of mistakes, but it, it appeared that every time that they got the ball, they scored. They took advantage of of field position. They took advantage of turnovers, and then they just played ball. Yep. And you can't you can't bring up or we have to bring up 
with Trey Perry. Yep. Uh, ejected from the game. You never hear about this. Yeah. Uh, ejected from the game, and apparently he didn't agree with some calls that were going on, and just kind of not saying that I really know Coach Perry, but just being around yep. that program, you know he's a really fiery guy, and there's a reason that program's been atop of the region yeah. for several years. Yeah. And that's going to linger over to week one of the playoffs. Right. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. There were multiple unsportsmanlike conduct penalties against Mount Juliet. And I think those kind of boiled over with his frustration with some calls and resulting in his ejection. He will not coach in the first round against Riverdale because of that. Uh, it's a big deal for Mount Juliet because, you know, you, know, you got you want to have your head coach on the sideline, but they won't. I, I got to wonder how Mount Juliet responds from this. I mean, you're in position. You yeah. you have the region in your hands. All you have to do is win a game that you know you can win. And now you're sitting number two with a, with a tough a tough draw. Well, and the scary thing is too is you know that tough draw you bring up. It's the exact same team they fell to a couple of years ago, yep. week one. Yep. And that's that's the tough thing about some of these regions in six A, region four with some of these Wilson County, Sumner County teams, and then region five. Region four, you get the Murfreesboro teams. Region five, you get the Williamson County teams. Mm-hmm. And really, no matter where you where you <laughs> get one through four, it's not a really good draw. It's a rock and a hard place for those guys. Yes. Speaking of rock and a hard place, Brentwood Academy found themselves in that wow. spot, and they end up on the wrong end of it. A 28-17 loss to Baylor. The Eagles will miss the playoffs for the first time since 1997. Oh, what a miserable week. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It, it, yeah, you know, that's the end of the four-year reign of the Eagles. You know, it it started out bad when they're uh, when they're running back. Their uh, uh, Jordan James uh, left school, and and you know that has to have an effect. Yeah. But let's this is Baylor. I yeah. Mean, this is a good team. Yeah. This isn't like they dropped a game to somebody that they should have beaten. Yeah. You, Although you can't put yourselves in this predicament at the end of the year relying on a win against a team like this. No, not right. at all. Right, exactly right. I you know, Baylor was a tough match. Uh they've got a Tennessee commit, Elijah Howard, who had two hundred and seventy yards on the ground, four touchdowns in this game. Yeah. Uh but you know, Brentwood Academy actually led fourteen seven at the half. And had a seventeen to fourteen lead, I think, with about five minutes left. So they were in the game. It was just down the stretch that that Baylor got out in front and stayed there. Now, I'm going to say this. Of course, we rag on the state for having the playoff system that does. But I think in Division Two AAA, I think they did a good thing by splitting them up in the East and West and not taking everybody to the playoffs because it created considerable drama late in the year. Yeah, I mean, this is what this is what we asked for, at least in one one small microcosm. It is you know this was what we were looking for. You know, good teams not always making it. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, we kind of got that with Montgomery Central too, but um, but in this case, I think all the teams that made it played their way in. I mean, Ensworth had to win a big game. Yeah, and it was between Ensworth, Redwood Academy, and Knoxville Catholic for the final two spots. I think it's interesting, too, that at the beginning of the year, the entire conversation about this realignment was about NBA having to go play all those Memphis teams. And now, all of a sudden, it was Brentwood Academy falling to these Knoxville schools. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everybody pointed to go, man, that's really tough for NBA having to go play these to these Memphis schools. I don't think anybody really thought about 
Brentwood Academy having to, to change their roster or change their schedule as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Good point. But it also kind of shows that the power right now in that in Division Two AAA lies in Chattanooga, Macaulay yeah. and Baylor. Oh. Yeah, it's, yep. it's not Middle Tennessee. No, that, that's it's not. For sure. Yeah, three of the, three of the five teams from Middle Tennessee will not be in the playoffs in Division Two AAA this year. JP two, Brentwood Academy, Rather Ryan, they're all gone. So three of the four, three of the four that didn't make it are in Middle Tennessee. So yeah. that that kind of tells the story in in that classification. And you know, a couple other news items that really just came down. No, there were three now three head coaching vacancies as of Monday open in Middle Tennessee at Station Camp. Sean Hollinsworth resigns after 17 seasons. He's the only head coach the Bison have ever had. Built that program from the ground up, and now this school's going to have to look for a head coach football coach for the first time. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre the way that it just really just kind of got off the tracks at Station Camp. It's not long ago where you had Kyle Anderton and, and that crew were. They're Josh playing Malone. games on yeah, Josh Malone. They're playing on ESPN yeah. and uh, just the last several years. And this year just kind of put a zero and ten, and they, they couldn't really score. They had a season high ten points. It just it, the Bison's or I'm going to Lipscomb now. The Bison, <laughs> they just I don't know. I, I couldn't put my finger on it. Like I, I don't know. It's, well, Chris, it's really bizarre. Chris and I were talking about this actually before uh, off air beforehand, and uh, Chris is much more uh, astute at the uh, Sumner County uh, uh, makeup. But my understanding is that the feeder schools that were going into yep. station camp uh, kind of dried up and were actually sent over into different directions. So Rucker Stewart uh, started going over to well, Gallatin. Rucker, Stewart, Rucker Stewart's with Gallatin to begin with, but uh, Knox Doss is now feeding in the beach it used to feed in the station camp it no longer does the only feeder school station camp has is station camp middle school and they're the only sumner county program that's in that kind of a little cluster that has just one feeder school everybody else has two so you know then their attendance is, is dwindling as well they're down to around 1300 kids and they're in 6a so in the next the next round of classifications might see them drop if that it's, continues. I mean, it's possible because oh, yeah. of course it drops right into Gallatin and Beach, right? Right. It doesn't really get any better for them if they do drop. But yeah. uh, with the, with the realignment with uh, a new high school probably coming in Liberty Creek in a couple of years, it's going to really throw a lot of things out of alignment over there. And Station Campus has kind of suffered because of it. Yeah, and I hate it had to end that way. Uh, for coach because they were just like I said it was not long ago they were just a very good program and yeah. mm-hmm. you remember those beach battles that they yeah. had it was yep. Jalen Hurd and Josh Malone mm-hmm. all kind of athletes on the field and it just it, something just something as you said there was some way in that process because the last couple of years it just hadn't been a station camp team that everybody's used to right it, it just mm-hmm. hasn't Seagull's uh, also looking for head coach Michael Copley out after three seasons with the Stars yeah, and that's a tough one too, because it's a it's it's even worse there because you're playing so many top programs. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm really, Oakland is you know, uh, okay, maybe two Tigerwood drives away from from Seagull, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, Back in the day, it might have been one. Might have been one. <laughs> right, yeah. If you got the bounce on the asphalt, you could make it there. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's really, really close. Yep. And, and so you have that. And then, uh, you know, Stewart's Creek uh, in the area now. All those Rutherford County schools, it's just difficult. Um, 
and and you know, only after three seasons that uh, that he leaves, correct? Yeah, yeah, three years for Copley. It was it was interesting about Siegel though, because they're one and nine on the year, and uh, for Coach Copley, at least he goes out on a win. They defeated Rockville forty five twenty seven to end the regular season. They played in some pretty close ball games. Lost to Cookville by a touchdown. Lost to Riverdale. They only lost by two touchdowns. Lost by a point to Warren County. I mean, they were playing tough with some of those opponents in that in that uh, in that division. Well, there's there's a lot of kids over in that north side of uh, Rutherford County. So whoever they whoever they select, I, I, I don't think he's going to have the same issue that Station Camp's having. Yeah, it's just a matter of it's it's really hard in that area to you know to get all the the things you want to get for your program it seems like the challenge there is you really only have especially when it comes to trying to get into the playoffs you only have a very few realistic opportunities to get in yeah yeah because you know oakland considering the competition absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then the other head coaching vacancy is opening up at rippling springs matt swanner is done after two seasons with the bulldogs it's a program that's already in some turmoil because they've had low numbers. And um, you don't know if that program is going to survive because, uh, well, two reasons. Swanner is a, a holdover from the Kyle Shoulders days. Yes. Uh, and so he's been there when they were at their high and now when they're back down and ebbing uh, where they were before. Uh, it's really on two fronts. One, can you get a coach? Yeah. And two, is there anybody to coach? Right. So we may see the swan song here of Red Bull and Springs football. I'm not saying it's over. I'm not saying it should be. Um, you know, maybe uh, there's some hope for eight-man type football. Right. It's, a, it's a good time for conversation, uh, especially with the uh, uh, play uh, with the, I think the championships for eight-man are this weekend. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ezel Harding, I believe in that. Ezel Harding and Christian Community, Christian out of White Community. House. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but something to look at. Maybe then you draw some interest. But right now, I don't know if anybody if that would be. You know, I'm not sure who would take that job. Yeah, there there are some hard questions that have got to be asked and answered before they make another hire. Whether it is feasible to continue football at that point. Right. And, and who knows? I mean, maybe we see them. Ho- hopefully, we see them back next year. But at this point, it's up in the air. Yeah, I, I, the thing you hate it for is the, is the kids because yep. now they're in. Now there's a lot of stuff in the you know up in the air. Now there's a lot of questions that aren't answered. If you have a coach, at least you have something to point to, yep. or somebody to go to. Hey, there's somebody's going to be on. You know, they're with me when I'm lifting in the offseason or running or running the program in the offseason. Right now, those kids don't know if there is an offseason. Right. And unfortunately, and just kind of keeping up with the trend that has been the last couple of years, I highly doubt these will be the only three. No, oh, there, there no, will be no, more, no. I, would, I would imagine, at there's, some point. There's yeah. such a – it's almost a tier now of it's either the, the pressure to succeed or – you look at another job as a higher up on the totem pole. Right. 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 But as far as a coaching search goes, you're at you have the best chance of landing a good candidate right now yep. than you do if you make a change in the spring. Right. That they're ahead of the process of getting that started. So those three are looking for, for new head coaches for next season. Uh we're looking for a player of the week from last week. 
so we need to go ahead and start na- throwing some names out. All right, Scott, who you got? I got Brian Garcia, quarterback for Ravenwood. He was 12-28 for 157 yards and four touchdowns, plus he had 70 yards rushing in a win over Independence. We'll stay with the quarterback for my first one, uh, Cade Walker from Page. 12 of 23 passing, 252 yards, three touchdowns through the air, five carries, 75 yards to the ground for the Patriots. They won 35-21 over Franklin County. Well, I'm going to stay with a, a player, a young man I uh, got to talk to and uh, watch in action. Trenton Tuttle with White House Heritage. Three catches for 118 yards, two touchdowns, plus a 48-yard strip and score in their 20-13 win over Montgomery Central. I'm going to go east with my last one. John Ross Horde from Smith County. 16 carries, 211 yards, six touchdowns as the Owls conclude the regular season 59-8 over Grundy County. Christian, you know the candidates. Your call. I'm going to have to go with uh, Mr. Horde. John Ross Horde from Smith County. Six touchdowns. Big win for the Owls to close the regular season. And he also closes our regular season Player of the Week awards. So, once the playoffs start, we can throw everybody hey, back in the hat all over again. That's right. Everybody's back in it now. So, we'll dive into the playoffs in a moment. You are listening to the 615 Preps Podcast. Hey, just a reminder that Mid-State Preps Plus is looking for you. We currently have openings for sponsors on both the Mid-State Preps Plus website and the 615 Preps podcast. Contact us at midstatepreps at gmail.com for more details. Back here in the 615 Preps podcast, guys, I'm excited about talking about the playoffs because you know, there's no better time of year. Anything no. can happen. Yeah. It's literally, just uh, you're in, that's all that matters. Everybody gets a chance. Yep. Everybody that makes it has a chance. No matter how, what your record, the records are gone. Yep. Records are gone. Everybody has a chance that is in the playoffs. Everybody has a chance. There's when the brackets are released, and then there's a reaction to the brackets because there's always somebody that's talking about, well, there's this many teams with one or two wins that make it. You no. Know, ask Stratford last year. They'll tell you it can happen. Oh, yeah. Yep. So. It just takes uh, you know a team getting together, deciding to play as a team, getting a good draw here, maybe getting lucky with a matchup. So many different variables. Who's healthy this time of the year? Yep. You know who who's got a home game? Who weather? I mean, you get into November, yeah. weather starts to change. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, all of a sudden your strength turns into a weakness. Yep. yep. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just dive right in. Let's start in Class One A. Uh, a couple of. Uh, brackets to talk about joe burns and gordonsville are in the same quadrant if you want to call it that uh, joe burns travels to south pittsburgh gordonsville travels to copper basin they're the number three and four teams out of region four so they're on the road but uh does one of those two have a chance to, to play another week you would look at the tigers and say no they're three and seven and then you kind of up and down they were three and two in the region but then you look at copper basin you say, oh, they're six and four. They got this handle. Well, they've lost three in a row getting to this point. So, you know what? It doesn't look good for the Tigers, but I see momentum's a thing, and especially when you get in the playoffs. If I had to pick one, I think the Tigers would have a good chance of moving on. I actually think they match up well with Copper Basin. I think that this is likely to be a better game than uh, their records indicate. Yeah. Uh, as far as the other game, I I don't see it. I think uh, – South Pittsburgh is just way too strong. Yeah, South Pitt a perennial power anyway, and 
you give them a 9-0 record going into the playoffs with plenty of confidence and momentum and uh, going to be a tough draw for anybody that plays against South Pittsburgh. But uh, the next bracket over is the one that has the most uncertainty because we don't know who the four teams from Region 5 are going to be. Uh, with, with Fayetteville's appeal of their of their forfeits set for Tuesday, when this drops, it will have already happened. So that at that point, we will know the four teams. But as of Monday when we're recording this, we don't know. Yeah, that's tough. And what's really tough is for their opponents. That's oh, where yeah. that's where maybe an advantage comes for some of these teams. And if you're these opponents, you gotta you kind of have a decent idea of knowing who you're going to play. Yeah. But still, just the idea of something could change. You could narrow it down to two teams. Yes. But yeah. still, for Hollow Rock, Bruce, and McHugh, and Collinwood, Huntingdon, you have to prepare for two teams as a Monday. Exactly. And, and my, if I'm not mistaken, they've moved uh, some of these games to Saturday? At the moment, they are scheduled to play Saturday and that in those four games only. In now, those four games now, only. Now, if the teams agree, they can bring it back to Friday night or play earlier on Saturday if they want to. And that's where you still get – it might help you this week to move that to Saturday. But then if you win, you're thinking you got a, a day less of recovery for the next week. Yep. Right. So right. it's kind of – it goes either way. Right. And it's kind of a catch-22 there in that situation for the winners. But, uh, you know, when we find out who those four teams will be, Mount Pleasant will be one of them. They just don't know where who they're going to face. So there's, the uncertainty has to be really bothering them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you are already behind the eight ball. You can't prepare. Yeah, so – not really a lot of analysis in the bracket that's not quite done. So, yeah, But right. w- once this is over and, and Wednesday morning, we'll know kind of where they're going. We gave you what we had. Exactly. <laughs> that's all we can do. Uh, let's move on to Class 2A. And four teams from Region 4. Westmoreland travels to Tyner. Charleston County hosts Marion County. East Robertson travels to Bledsoe County. And then Watertown hosts Teleco Plains. That That's a region that... I'm not going to say is it. I don't think it's going to be a sweep, but I can see three of the four from Region Four winning. Could be close. Um, look at Westmoreland. Uh, had a good start to the year. They were three and one early, and then down the back stretch, they they uh, won two out of the last five. I just Tyner Academy team out of Chattanooga. They are just really really strong. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that Westmoreland's going to have an uphill battle in in this one. But I don't disagree, Chris, If as long as the three that you're talking about are the other ones besides Westmoreland. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Trousdale County, uh, Marion County, I think Trousdale uh, is, is suitable to win that one. Yeah. Uh, East Robertson at Bledsoe County, that's one where you look at the records, you think Bledsoe County probably wins that one. But I think East Robertson with Taylor Groves might be – might be prime for him upset. I think Taylor Groves is is the key to that game, and if he has if if he's allowed to have a good game, it it could spell some trouble for Bledsoe. Now, are we looking at a Watertown Trialstal County quarterfinal again this year? Do you think? I would. You would think so. Tyner is, is a big. They're in the way of Trialsdale County in the next round, and. Uh, you would think right now, but you just don't know with that next upcoming matchup. I think for Watertown, it's pretty you're pretty comfortable in saying that they should uh, they should make it to that quarterfinal matchup. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Eagleville out of Region Five, the number three seed, they travel to Houston County. Uh, if they win that one, they would get the Forest Hickman County winner in round number two. Uh, Eagleville, a little bit of injury trouble with a quarterback. Uh, do you think the Eagles can get out of round one? Not without their quarterback. I think that uh, uh, I think 
Houston Houston County is just tough anyway. And uh, without their offense clicking on all cylinders, I think it's going to be really, really tough. Well, let's move on to Class 3A. And beginning kind of on the east side, uh, Smith County hosting Sweetwater, the number two seed out of Region 4, the Owls. And they're 6-4 and four, hosting a 7-3 and three Sweetwater team. I mean, there's a little bit more of that Chattanooga region coming up and a little bit more of the power in 3A kind of resides down there, doesn't it? Yeah, it's kind of – as you get through some of these classifications, it just turns out that way. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, it's, it goes back to winning those right games. And uh, for uh, for Sweetwater, they didn't win those region games they had to to host a home playoff game. And uh, unfortunately for Smith County, they're one of those that – we kind of talked about this year – playing against difficult regions this is another uh, example and the winner of that one gets probably unbeaten Loudon in round two and yeah. and Loudon and Upperman are kind of primed for a, a clash in the quarterfinals in that in that quadrant so right that that's kind of a, a tough a tough part of the bracket to be in to begin with on the other side the western half of it where region five and six go at it Pearl Cone hosts Stewart County East Nashville at Sycamore Stratford hosts Camden Fairview host Giles County. You're set up for another Pearl and East matchup in round two. That's that's what I think. It's you know Sycamore ho- hosting an eight and two East Nashville team. Yeah, but uh, you know East Nashville, except for the Republic game, they've struggled, and I'm not sure that uh, uh, if Sycamore comes out and plays a a good solid game that they can't get by them. I think it's Pearl Cones region. Yeah, I mean, you're looking probably. I don't know. Stratford Fairview in the second round to me looks pretty interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that I think that'd be a good game. Fairview, actually. a team that I think I brought up preseason, and we really haven't talked much about them throughout the year. Eight and two right now. Yeah, yeah. wasn't that somebody's uh, pick that I, possible go? I'm trying to throw that under the rug a little bit just in case something happens. But yes, it was my pick. Uh, okay, it was well, my since pick. Since you pulled mine out two or three. No, times. yeah, okay. I got you. I got you. Uh, okay. I got right, you, but they right. they've been sneaky good this year, eight and two. Yeah, I, I, no, it was it was an excellent pick and a good point. And uh, I mean, unless you know Stratford goes on one of those crazy runs that we touched on last year well, or, or touched on earlier that they did last year, yeah, you, you just don't know that there's some really all four of those teams that came out of that region really. And good. Stratford could go on that run again with a little bit more oomph than they had last year. They could. But I, I, I'd like to see a little bit more two-dimensional of the offense. I, I want to see this 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 quadrant to begin with because I think there's a lot of intrigue with those teams facing each other for the second time and then throw Fairview into the mix. It's really going to be one to keep an eye on this week. Yeah, I week. think that's going to be a fun, fun one. Class 4A is next. One region that has had a lot of trouble is Region 3 at a Class 4A because they've been swept each of the last two years by Region 4. And – other than Livingston Academy, who's 10-0 for the first time since, like, 1925, I don't see a lot of, of hope for Region 3 against Region 4 this time around either. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, this is – and the only downfall for Region 4 here is that it's it's not the same Maplewood team that it has been in the yeah. past couple of years. Yeah. Right. And going up against a really strong 10-0 Livingston Academy, but I would, I would agree uh, with, you know – Nolansville in there and 
so many good teams. I I think you would think Livingston Academy is that only Region Three team to probably move on. Although I'm, I'm a little curious about the Cap County hosting Tullahoma. I, I, it's hard to kind yep. of pinpoint Tullahoma right now. Yeah, one would think Tullahoma is probably the better team, but you know until we see it, then we can't really call. I don't think there's going to be a sweep here though, just because of Livingston's strength. Yeah. I'd agree. They've been one of the stronger teams in 4A all year. They have a very potent quarterback in Will McDonald who can sling it all over the place. And they're going to cause some problems for somebody. We might be looking at a Nolansville Livingston Academy second round game with two really good quarterbacks. That's going to be, that will be a very, very interesting game if that happens. And also, too, Nolansville's probably not very happy about losing to Marshall County in the last week. And if they can get back to the quarterfinals, maybe may seeing a rematch with Marshall County again. I would think so. The Region 5, Region 6 part of that bracket, we've talked about Region 5 and all the mess that it's been finally getting settled out. Springfield, the number one out of there. They host Jackson Southside. White House Heritage travels to Lexington. Creekwood hosts Jackson Northside, and Portland goes to Hardin County. Uh, Guys of that quadrant, give me me your quarterfinal out of that one. Who do you think? I would think... I'm going to go to less shocker here. I'll go Creekwood, Hardin County. Then I'd go Springfield, White House Heritage. I think uh, good. I think there's a good chance Patriots go there and beat Lexington. really okay. do. Yeah, I actually am in agreement with that. Uh, that uh, I think that White House Heritage has a, has a really good chance to upset uh, Lexington. Uh, I, th- I think Springfield uh, is going to take care of Jackson, and I think Creekwood is pretty much going to walk through uh, – I don't want to say walk through that bracket, but I think that they've got. I think that Hardin County is going to be a, a, a tougher test, but I think that Creekwood will come out. I kind of think Hardin County and, and the Springfield Heritage winner might be in that quarterfinal. I won't put it past Heritage if they get a rematch of Springfield to to get to the third round. I don't know, I, and and I don't either. And given what I saw their offense last last week. <clears throat> They they have the ability to beat you a number of ways. Their defense is going to be the, you know their key. But Springfield showed last week that their defense yeah. is up to the task too. So it could be looking down the road a little further. Springfield would be at home throughout. Yeah. Yep. That could be a big help for the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, yep. I would say definitely. Let's move to Class Five A next, and we go to the Region Five, Region Six part of the bracket right away. I like these these teams in this in that first couple of rounds because you've got Page hosting Hunters Lane in the first round, and they'll get the Gallatin Summit winner in round two. Wow, that that's going to be a fun one. Uh, Shelbyville hosts Hillsboro, and then Columbia travels to Beach on the other half of that of that quad. Now, do we look at Gallatin Beach round two in the quarterfinals, or do you think? One of Page and Summit could to disrupt it. I tell you, I, I think there's too many tests for Gallatin. I'm not going to say that they can't get there, but it's going to be a tough road. Starting with Summit. Summit was a really good football team to start the year, and they finished the, the last four games 2-2. Two and two. They've got a lot of talent. Question, though, with the Spartans, they're really, really young. Yep. And it's going to be tough from the get-go because then you got to go play a, play a Page team that's really good. Yep. So I think – and it's interesting, too, because Gallatin would have Beach at their place if they mm-hmm. were to get to that quarterfinal. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a it's gonna be a tough uphill battle. Well, that for, game would be at Beach. That game would be at Beach if they both make it because Beach would be the higher seed. 
that's the way it does work out. If you are from the same region, the region champion does host. So that, that that's how that worked out. They would have to go to the beach a second time. So that big atmosphere we saw two weeks ago would maybe even be bigger if those two teams square off again. That uh, The other half of that western side shows the two Montgomery County schools that are in 5A, Clarksville and Kenwood, both on the road, Clarksville at Munford, Kenwood at Southwind. Do either of those two teams have a chance to get out of there? I think Clarksville has a chance to, to, to maybe win a game or two, maybe. But I don't think I, – I, I think that would be the extent of it. I, don't, I, I would I stick don't, at a game. I'm not sure about Henry County. Yeah, Henry County staring you straight in the face. That's going to be tough. Okay, they, they may win a, a game. game. There we a. go. There we go. <laughs> and I will say this real quick, a team we didn't touch on, Hillsborough against Shelbyville. Yeah. If Hillsborough can just get up for a game. You know, we we talked yeah. about we talked about it at the beginning of the year. They were supposed to be in there with Beach and Gallatin. Yeah, they, oh, they've they've, they've had got some, some talent. There's, there, there's room for a couple upsets here. Yes, yes. there really is. Yeah, there is. And that's and one I of think the key you, And you started talking about. I mean, I don't think Gallatin Summit's a gimme. No, no, not no. at all. I just I think that Hillsboro they've got the pieces now. They've date they've danced with some danger lately. They've been down to the wire the last couple of games. But I think if, if if you get those guys ready for one game. And you know what? It's finally at a di- different atmosphere. There's nobody been more tested on the road than Hillsboro because right. all their games have been on the road. This is true. This is true. So it, it's, it has really no impact on the boroughs. No. I, I'm kind of interested to watch the, those guys take on a really good Shelby team. They've dealt with some injuries late in the year, but I won't be surprised if Hillsboro nope. just comes up and, and beats Shelbyville yeah. just because they have the talent to do it. Yep. It's just a matter of you know, you know which Hillsboro team shows up. And I would say this to Beach, I would expect them to get past Columbia. I think so. I, w- I would think, though, Columbia maybe makes it interesting at the beginning. They've got some pieces. But I would think in the end, Buccaneers take care well, of them. Columbia and Beach yeah. have played like five times in the playoffs over the last ten years and twice have been in the championship game. Wow. Um, but there's a history there between those two teams in the playoffs. But Beach has owned that series, and I think they'll continue to do that here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to 6A real quick and get into – these teams are actually in the eastern side of the bracket with Region 3 and 4. Oakland hosting Lebanon. Mount Juliet hosting Riverdale. Blackman hosts Wilson Central. Hendersonville hosts Cookville. I think it's Oakland's world and everybody else is just passing through, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say that exact same thing. <laughs> that that lebanon Rossview game last week was a battle for Oakland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, it's a tough yeah. one to win too, yeah, or yeah. one to win. Yeah, we touched on Mount Juliet, you know, with Trey Perry not being able to coach this week because of this, uh, the the ejection. Does Riverdale make enough noise? I think Riverdale has a really good chance of winning this oh, game, yeah. and I and I really think they're chomping at the bit to get back at Oakland because I think they felt like they lost a lot, left a lot on the field when they were they were the only team. I think I'm not sure how the last game went towards the end, but I think they're the only team that. Did not have a running clock at some point. Yep. Uh, yeah. You know, against Oakland, I believe so, so. One reason I have a little bit of hope in the Golden Bears—they haven't lost back-to-back games since 2016. Mm. So, and I would believe too, they still get Coach Perry at practice. That's I a good believe point. that's the I, right. I think I believe so, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So he's not there on Friday, but he, he's still there throughout the week. I believe he so. can put the, he can put his system and get the guys ready and yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Now Hendersonville, we're not talking about them. They're the region champions. They have an opportunity to get to the quarterfinals where they would see Oakland again this year. 
You got to go through Blackman. That's that's tough. That, that's that's but, true. That's, but, that's tough. But I want to I want to see I want I want to see Hendersonville put two games back to back. Right. Exactly. Yep. And 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 I think they can do it. I mean, they walked. You know, they took on Mount Juliet last week and pretty much did away with them. If they have got things together, they can handle Blackman. Blackman has shown some weakness. They got the right draw, I think, by getting Cookville in the first round. Oh, yeah, right. for sure. And I would say this, one of the biggest losers from last week, Wilson Central. Yeah. Oh, we were yeah. talking about the scenario they yeah. had to have. They had to win. They did that. Lebanon had to win. I thought the easiest part was Mountain Juliet had to win. They would have hosted a home playoff game. Right. The consolation right. prize, you go to Blackman. <laughs> got, got to go to the Inferno. Yes. <laughs> Switch to the west side of the bracket. Franklin at Cane Ridge, Stewart's Creek at Ravenwood, Independence at Smyrna, McGavick at Brentwood. This is the exact same setup as it was last year. Yeah. Stewart's Creek just takes the place of John Overton, which a game that didn't happen. It's the exact same layout, the exact same seating, and it's it's kind of lining up. Cane Ridge, Ravenwood, Part Two. They just met a couple weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, and mm. I'll say this: though, Stewart's Creek, it'll be interesting against Ravenwood. Yeah. They've got Amari Jelks. Yeah. They've got Savion Davis. They can make it interesting. Yeah. I mean, that'll be one of the more fun games or to to be at this week. I just don't know if their defense can hold in there. I think yeah. offensively they can they can make it interesting. I don't know what their defense can do with a guy like Garcia you brought up earlier. I got I got some interesting yeah, when we get into who you got that uh, there, there are some things there. Well, if Ravenwood does get by Stewart's Creek, they're looking at possible two rematches back to back with Cane Ridge and then possibly Brentwood. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. and I will, I will say this while we're still talking about this uh, portion of the bracket. Uh, kudos to McGavick. Yes. Zero oh, seven. Yeah. Yes. Won three consecutive games yep. at the end to, to sneak into the playoffs. Yep. Uh, congrats to those guys that really just hung in there because they could have. Could have been a bad year for them, and they continue a long streak of playoff appearances. Yeah, and you know, like we said, it's a it's a new season. They're on a streak. Boy, would that be news mm-hmm. if they could somehow pull <laughs> yes. that one off. Yeah, yeah. Now we mentioned kind of how the power in Division Two AAA was in Chattanooga, in Single A it's in Nashville. Yeah, because you've got three of the four teams that have first round buys: Friendship Christian, Davidson Academy, Nashville Christian. They got first round bias. They get to wait till next week to play. The others: Columbia Academy hosting Mount Juliet Christian, DCA hosting Tipton Rosemark, Middle Tennessee Christian hosting Fayette Academy. You know, those three, they're looking at the, they're looking at possible rematches in round two. Yeah, right. And I, I say this: MTCS. I know they you got National Christian next up. Not very favorable. But the, the spark that they've been on lately, they've got some real momentum rolling into the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. And now, a potential semifinal and a potential rematch of last year's championship game, Friendship Christian at Davidson Academy. Oh, man. A possible semifinal. Yeah, that's – that'll be something, yeah. I think. And then Nashville Christian's <laughs> on the other side saying – Who has – oh, wait a minute. That's a semifinal. Where would that be? Uh, would be – it would be at Friendship – it would be Friendship Christian. So on the new turf out of Friendship Christian, that would be that would be a, a really good game. Yeah, that would be the higher seed, which would be Friendship Christian. Yeah. I think the top half of this bracket's very interesting. Yeah, and the, the yeah, bottom at the bottom, it's all Nashville Christian. I would think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it, I think you're right. We're I, talking about Nashville Christian, like we're talking about Oakland. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't yeah. see many challenges in the, in that bottom. For I don't Nashville think Christian. so either. I don't think so either. 
double A, there were a lot of scenarios entering the final week about where certain teams could go. I think I counted up eight potential playoff opponents for her Lipscomb Academy going into the final week of the season. They wind up going on the road to Boyd Buchanan in the first round while good pastures at Knoxville Grace. CPA hosts Knoxville Webb. BGA hosts FACS. Mm-hmm. And Franklin Road Academy hosts North Point Christian. Just wonder if Lipscomb Academy can just, just get it to stop. Yeah. It has really crumbled. It has been an avalanche yeah. after such a hot start. Yes. And yeah. it's a really good Boyd Buchanan team that they're on the road at. And, uh, you know, CPA. Right. <laughs> How can they do against a non-region yeah. opponent? Yeah. But, but here's the thing about Lipscomb. They're really playing They're really playing on house money. Yeah. This was not the year yep. they were supposed to be ready. Yeah. And so if they can go in there loose and go in there and, and just play their game, uh, they can make a run. But it they do have to find a way to right that ship. If they stress, if they put, you know, if they're in quicksand and can't dig their way out, then, then it, it'll be a quick end to them. And on the other side, BGA, FRA could meet up in the semifinals. They had a really, really tight game in the regular season, but they've got a couple of road, a couple of landmines in there too with the ECS and Los An as well. Yeah, maybe an easier path for FRA to get uh, get there instead of BGA. They got to go through uh, BGA has to go through ECS. It would be really interesting too because it. That was game was kind of they were playing in the elements. Yeah. And they just got symptom filter back. Yeah. And be nice to see those two teams go at it again. Yeah, I'd like to see them in some dry weather and see yeah. how that turns out. Uh, one more class, Division II AAA. Only two teams that we're talking about here: NBA at Baylor, Answorth at Briarcrest. Yeah, it's a little weird too because they don't play for another week, right? right? Right. Yeah, they start next Friday. So yeah, the, the suspension builds a little bit. Yep. Tough for NBA to have to go on the road to Baylor. Yeah. Baylor's really, really, really good. Interested with Innsworth, though. I'm – that's a – Briarcrest having to go there, it's tough, but kind of interested in them. Yeah, I, I, I want to see I want to see more out of this Innsworth team because they uh, – you know, they they jumped up last week and win a game that nobody thought they were going to win. And, and, well, I don't say nobody thought they were going to win, but they weren't – Pick to win, yep. and you know they they made a statement. I think that they may be able to ride that wave. Is it a stretch to call them a spoiler in this in this particular bracket? You think? No, I don't think so. I think that that that's a that's appropriate. I it's think. Worth, yeah, okay. I would go with that. NBA worries me with the freshman quarterback. NBA, and they got to win a game like seven to six, or it's yeah, be, exactly. I mean, yeah. it's gonna be it's, three to zero. It's, right? They it's it's hard to maintain that kind of defense mm-hmm. consistently against teams that score well. Uh, I think that, yeah, you can get a 9-6 to six game out of there. and But until they are able to consistently put points on the board, it, it's really difficult to look at them as a, as a contender. Okay. Well, well, we'll revisit some of this next week when we finally get some teams whittled down and – Look ahead to round two. See how true we were or how totally yeah. off we were. But uh, we get to really try to, to test your stuff next. Uh, who you got's up next. You're listening to 615 Preps Podcast. Hi, my name's Kay Granzo, and I play for Brentwood High School, and you're listening to the 615 Preps Podcast. Back here on the 615 Preps Podcast, it's time for the playoff version of who you got. Guys, what we'll do for the postseason is pick all the games that involve area teams, but 
We'll just choose 10 of them here because that would take forever. Yes, that would. Yeah. Yes. A lot of games. What hasn't <laughs> taken forever is for my lead to vanish. It's gone. In the last two weeks, in the last two weeks, it's gone. Congratulations to the Twitter voters. You are now in first place. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, way to go. Congrats We're to proud you. of you. Congrats to you. I'm coming for you, though. <laughs> Twitter went 7 and 3 last week. They're now 70 and 40 on the season, while I'm now a game behind them at 69 and 41. Hmm. After another losing week. Oh, really? Week what? 11 was not kind. Four and six for me. Uh, Scott, you're at 67 and 43 after a six and four week 11. Christian, you're at 63 and 47 after finishing 500. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Wait, 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 how far okay. back am I again? You're three games behind Twitter. I'm three games behind Twitter. Yeah. That's okay. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah I'll take it. Yeah. So, hopefully, uh, hopefully, these long list of games that we're doing that's not on here. Hopefully, hopefully it gets me back in the hunt. Don't worry, I won't let it go to my head. There's plenty (laughs) of time to catch up. This season is really only about half over for us. Yeah. So let's get started. Lipscomb Academy traveling to Boyd Buchanan. You know what, Lipscomb, we just touched on it. One and four in the second half. They've lost three straight, and they were all one-possession games. Just not being able to close out these ball games. Boyd Buchanan, really good team. I think the Buccaneers win this one, and uh, the, the Trent Dilfer ride for his uh, 2019 season comes to an end. Yeah, you know, Boyd Buchanan averages 37.7 points per game. Their only losses against uh, number one, Knoxville Grace, and number two, Chattanooga Christian in their region. Uh, this is a really good team. They have a quarterback, Eli Morris, who has a really good arm. He's elusive in the pocket. Defense has size. I think Boyd Buchanan was like 0-18 last year, and Coach uh, Boskin has his team believing. I'm going with the Bucks. I'm going to make it three for three for Boyd Buchanan, though I can make a case for Lipscomb Academy just in the just in the way they've got to find a way to to close a late game, and at some point they'll do it, but it won't be this week, and we'll just have to wait till 2020 for them to to do that. Well, every week we go, all of us go against them. They usually find a way to do it. Right. <laughs> right. So that, right. this might be a good sign. Congratulations, for the Mustangs. Mustangs. Wait, Mustang wait, wait. fans, it's a good sign for you. Can the Twitter voters pick first? No, I know, right. <laughs> They listen to this, they just might. Columbia at Beach, we've talked about it earlier. These two teams, pretty familiar with them, with each other in the playoffs. This is the fifth meeting of the last decade, but it's been one-sided. Well, Columbia has a good defense, but so does Beach. And Beach has been dominant, and they can score. Yep. Um, I'm going Buccaneers again. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Buccaneers times two. Yeah. I think – you know, Columbia, and we talked about them the last couple of weeks, and we talked about them with Mo, uh, Christian Biggers. They've got a really good back. I just I feel that this Buccaneers defense really swarms him and limits what he, he can do. And I think uh, Beach moves on to 11-0. and Yeah, I agree. I think Beach is probably I, – I think Beach is the best team in 5A right now. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll, they'll kind of show why this week uh, with the Columbia team. It's, uh, like I said, they've they played each other quite a bit in the postseason, but Beach has won all those meetings, and I think that trend continues. Riverdale at Mount Juliet. We've talked on it a couple of times in this episode. MJ will not have Trey Perry on the sidelines. Riverdale coming in with a little bit of momentum. First game all year that I've gotten to this podcast and not had a team picked. I really had no idea. And the, the whole not having Trey Perry is really tough to decide. But the fact that he is – that we think that he's able to be there during the week and install a game plan. And uh, 
the Golden Bears have not lost consecutive games since 2016. They're at home. That can be a pretty good environment. I yep. think the Golden Bears find a way with some adversity after last week. I think they find a way just to get by Riverdale and continue this season. See, I don't think this is a matchup the Golden Bears wanted or needed. Uh, in hindsight, the teams they've beaten were all teams they should have, but they've not played well two out of three weeks. Riverdale, on the other hand, I believe they're the one of the only teams that has prevented uh, not had that running clock against Oakland. Taylor Yancey's as good a quarterback as the Bears have seen, and their running back, Drew Smith, is something special. I'm going Warriors here. Yeah, I just think with the way Mount Juliet finished the regular season, that there's a bad taste in their mouth. And, and yeah, it's a really good environment and a tough place to play. I just think Riverdale's just got a little bit more firepower, and I think they'll prove it this week and, and take the Warriors to go to round number two. We stay in 6A, Wilson Central at Blackman. And, and you know, Blackman seems like the pick for me here. Uh, what say you guys? Blackman. I'm just going to keep it at that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't disagree. I think Blackman is just is too tough. They, you know, their their tough schedule made them appear weaker on paper than they are. Their only losses are to Alcoa, who's nine and one, Ravenwood, who's eight and two, Independence, who's six and four, and Oakland. So pretty uh, good. That, that's a pre- <laughs> if you're going to have a losing record, those are the teams you're going to have a losing record against. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, give me give me the blaze. Mount Juliet Christian Academy at Columbia Academy. I'm going all momentum in this one. Mount Juliet Christian has lost their last three. Columbia Academy has won their last five. I think Columbia Academy has low momentum. They're playing at home, and I'm going to go with uh, Columbia Academy. Yeah, after starting the season on five, and uh, you know, in games where they only scored like seven points once, Columbia Academy has run off five straight victories. Averaging 34.8 points per game. And one of those losses, a 14-7 loss to Davidson Academy. This is not a bad team. Mount Juliet Christian's been up and down. They've lost three in a row. Like you said, Christian, it's it's just been – it's been against tough competition, but mm-hmm. still, I like this running back that uh, Columbia Academy has, Franklin Walker. He should have a big day. I'm taking Columbia Academy. I think that uh, you know they're they're in a good they're in a good place right now on a hot streak going into the playoffs, and it's kind of hard to stop the momentum when you've won five in a row and you're at mm-hmm. home to begin the postseason. Maplewood at Livingston Academy. Well, we've we've touched on Livingston Academy and what they've been able to do, and Maplewood not quite having the year that they would have liked, and this is a tough one for them to go into a long, long road trip against a very potent offense. Do the Panthers have a chance? Well, they have a chance. It's a slim chance. Uh, I think Livingston Academy is a complete team. Uh, you know, they average thirty-three point six points per game. They only give up seven point four. You know, they they beat a Class Six A school in Cookville. Uh, just give me the Wildcats. I think this matchup comes down to the Livingston Academy defense, as Scott mentioned. They give up six points a game. In the Maplewood offense, they scored 13 points a game, and they scored 10 or less points five times this year. I just don't think that offense is is consistent enough to get past Livingston Academy. Livingston Academy's got yeah. three really good wide receivers in addition to McDonald. He's got plenty of targets to go to. If Maplewood can somehow slow them down and keep this a game, they have a chance. Otherwise, I think Livingston Academy rolls into the second round. White House Heritage at Lexington. We've we've again we talked about the Patriots and. Quite at length in this episode, 
what about it? I mean, do they go on the road and get the win? I think so. I think they played their you know they played their way in. They showed their ability to score. They can move the ball with Parker Deaton. They can move the air with Will Wilson. But even more, they show the ability to stop the run. And Lexington is a running team. They have had a good back, uh, Miles Mayo. He's a grinder. He's got uh, he's got some elusiveness. Uh, but I'm taking Heritage here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, White House Heritage went four and one in their second half of the season, and Lexington they just haven't been able to be consistent. They're five and five, four and one in the region. That's great. They've only won back to back games once this year, and that was August 30th and September 6th. Long time ago. That inconsistency from the Tigers of Lexington just kind of leads me towards uh, White House Heritage. No, the Patriots have been kind of up and down this year. They've had some highs and some low points, but. No, the way they got in the playoffs, it, it tells me that they can get it done when it counts. And that, that's a team that uh, just a couple years ago was in the depths mm-hmm. of it. And and now here they are you know, winning a game they had to win to get in the playoffs and, and, and being back in the postseason. I like their chances on the road in this game. And I think White House Heritage does come back and, and get a win and, and they'll move on. Mm-hmm. Stewart's Creek and Ravenwood. Stewart's Creek, what a great year it's been for them. From <clears throat> from game one against Mountain Juliet, and uh, just uh, <clears throat> just just a great year overall. Some of the records that they've broken. Amari Jelks is a really really good back. He's so short. That's when I went when I saw them against Overton this year. I was like, how is this guy so productive? He just finds a way to do it. This Ravenwood team though, and we talked about this last week. I think it's just their time of year. They were just kind of just got to get to this point, and they're here. And I think it's all Raptors in this one. Yeah, Stewart's Creek. You know, they shot themselves in the foot last week, and they wound up with a bronze medal. And here's your prize, Ravenwood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's you know seriously, this game would, this game would should be a shootout. Uh, boy, special team turnovers last week were so unlike a Burt Brown coach team. Um, uh, jokes, jokes. I still think he's going to have a big day, but. Ravenwood can match them with Garcia and Johnston and Mason and Rice. They have all those weapons. And, of course, Grimes on defense. I just think the Raptors have too much for them. I think that's the key is that if you don't respond to Ravenwood, they will double you up quickly. Yep. If yep. you don't score seven, they're going to go back down and score seven again. And the worst thing to, the worst thing is to have to play uphill against Ravenwood. And yep. I think that's why Amari Jelks and Savion Davis, the two backs for Stewart's Creek, so important. This has got to be a game where they just control time of possession. And, and keep the yeah, keep, keep the it ball away from, away from them. Them. It Absolutely. Would, it wouldn't shock me to see them combine for 50 carries. Oh, oh no. 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 It wouldn't shock me at that, all. That, if, if, they, if they do that – they have a really, really good shot of winning this game. They're going to need to because, I mean, ball control is going to be at utmost importance when you need points against Ravenwood's defense. I'd like Stewart's Creek to keep this thing close for a while, but ultimately I think Ravenwood wins in the end and, and they'll move on. Uh, Summit at Gallatin, I think this is one of the best games, if not maybe the best game in the state in, in, in the first round. Yeah, uh, Summit finished season 2-2 two and two after a historic 6-0 start for them. Where they are going to struggle here is they have they've really relied on big points to win games. They scored thirty plus points in seven of their eight wins. That's just not happening against Gallatin. They are they're not giving up those kind of numbers on uh, on defense. And I just I don't think that the Summit defense is going to be able to sit there and just take all the the punches that Gallatin is going to throw their way. So I like the Green Wave at home. Yeah, 
I think Summit's a very good team. They have a solid resume. They beat Independence. They mm-hmm. beat Columbia Central. They held pace at 24 and had a batting outing against Shelbyville. But those are really the only blemishes on their schedule. You know, Galton's been the talk of the town forever, ever since Spencer Briggs, you know, blasted into into the forefront and everything. But the story with Galton really is their defense. Yep. That is the real story there. That really has been their success. And you you do wonder if that beach loss exposed something. I don't think that that defense will allow some to do a whole lot. I think it's closer than most people may think, but I'm going green wave. I don't think beach exposed Gallatin's defense at all, honestly, because you know, beach's game-winning touchdown came off of a special team's error. It wasn't Gallatin's defense necessarily that gave it up. But you know, Gallatin's defense is the story in this game, and I think that they'll hold Summit to under 20 points. And if they do that, they'll win. If they don't, then we're asking some other questions. But I believe the Green Wave will win this one. It probably stays pretty close, but I think Gallatin advances. One more, and it's our game of the week, Independence at Smyrna. Yeah, this is a uh, playoff game that's becoming pretty, uh, becoming a regular occurrence. Third consecutive year that uh, the Eagles and the Bulldogs have, have met each other. Smyrna, they have been in this situation now year after year. Obviously, if they met three years in a row, Eagles have really owned this. I don't think it's the same Independence team. But on the other hand, I just I can't get a grasp of what's going on with Smyrna. Sometimes they come out and they, they play lights out. And sometimes it just it's just not their night. Yeah, right. And I think with that inconsistency, I've got to go with Ethan Cash and Independence. They're gonna, you know, they're coming off of a, a pretty bad loss to Ravenwood, where they were really kind of just shut out offensively. I think Independence goes to Smyrna once again and gets another win in uh, round one. Yeah, you know the Eagles have lost three of the last four, but they've been against speed teams. I think that Independence will have to force Smyrna to throw the ball. Uh, they're going to have to find a way to slow down that uh, that running game and control that line of scrimmage. Uh, if if Smyrna dominates, keeps the ball away from Ethan Cash, this game could go to the dogs really quickly. But uh, and I'm looking at this, and it, this one was really tough. As much as you said the other game, you didn't have a, a winner in this. Yeah. I had a winner in my head going into this game, into this moment, into right now, where I'm picking Smyrna. Ooh. For me in the postseason, it's about quarterback play. And Independence has a better quarterback in this game. It boils down to yep. whether you or not you can keep Ethan Cash off the field. If Smyrna can do that, they have a chance. If they can't, they don't. Bottom line is, I think it's the Eagles' time. And I think Independence advances. I'm really interested with the Smyrna pick, though. It's, yeah. they, they've shown that they can do it. Yeah, this is a team that beat Riverdale. Yes, it's good that you did that, though, because now it doesn't mean that uh, you and I have the same picks all the way down the line. <laughs> yeah. So Chris, I get to catch Chris, you this week. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly, really, I went into this thinking independence. And for the same reason that you did, Ethan Cash, Ethan Cash. But I think momentum. Yeah. And I think Smyrna at home. I just think that Smyrna may step up in this game and and be able to run and control the, the two groups that are that are important to me in this matchup 
It's going to be that Smyrna secondary because you're obviously going to see the ball in the air with Ethan Cash. Yep. Right. And it's the Smyrna offense overall. You just got to do something to contribute because as it is with the Ravenwood game we talked about, it's one of those things where if you don't score, there's a really good chance that the Eagles go right back down and score again. Well, exactly. And, that, and that's, that's an excellent point. And I was just thinking that if Smyrna gets behind, could get ugly. it could get ugly yeah. quickly. Yeah. But it, it – just I, I just feel like they have a chance to really come out and con- control the line of scrimmage. You haven't done a Smyrna game this year, have you? Nope. Wait till you see Dallas Walker, number eight for Smyrna. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, and uh, you will be there this week. And yep, Texas A&M commit Dallas yeah. Walker, big guy, big yep. dude. Yeah, a, lot, a lot of big players need to step up this week. Playoffs are here, so and that's all for us. This week on the 615 Preps Podcast. For Christian Capozzi, for Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. We'll talk to you next week for round two. Have a good one. See ya. Up back. Five Preps Podcast is a production of B Squared Media, LLC.